As we reflect about Jesus' description of himself as the Good Shepherd here in the Gospel of John, we might meditate on our responsorial psalm today, the beautiful, famous 23rd Psalm, which paints a picture of the Good Shepherd that we might want to keep in our memory. The psalm reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What a wonderful image of a loving guide for our souls. We can trust him to lead us into places that will provide beauty and nourishment and goodness and peace of mind and soul. This sounds something like the Garden of Eden, the first home that God gave us as children when he gave it to our first parents, Adam and Eve. We can believe that this is truly God's will for us, to be loved and cared for and sheltered in a beautiful garden where all of our needs are provided for. We can have hope that if we follow him, as Jesus says, we can find ourselves finding comfort and joy and peace in this world and in heaven eventually, restored to the eternal happiness in the most beautiful place imaginable. Now the next stanza reads, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This world we live in is not an easy place for us. The Hail Mary Holy Queen prayer calls this world a valley of tears. We certainly all have our troubles, illness, or relationship difficulties, or employment and or financial challenges. We all experience unfair treatment at times. We live in a world where daily news reports make us aware that there are overwhelming problems facing our societies. Yet Jesus says that if we follow him, we need not fear the evil that Satan has brought into the world. We can trust Jesus to help us to cope with every problem, to either help us to solve the problem or to help us to see the problem in a new light so that we have comfort and peace of mind about it. The last stanza reads, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't it an amazing image to see ourselves at a table in the presence of our enemies? Jesus not only protects us, he honors us, anointing our head with oil, providing abundance of food and wine. Those images are promises of the ways that he will protect us and provide for us in this life and in the eternal life. He knows that we do have enemies, Satan, the enemy, does all he can to lure us down paths of temptations that harm us, temptations to care too much for money or fame or all the things of the world that 
draw us away from our focus on God. These paths will all eventually lead us to disillusionment and pain and emptiness. People in our lives may be actual enemies, unfair critics or employers or competitors who want to destroy us. Sometimes, sadly, we may even think of family members as enemies. Yet Jesus promises to take care of us even though we may have enemies. And he rewards loyalty, especially when it is difficult to maintain. Martyrs have the highest places in heaven. Even if our enemies think they have won, it is the last judgment that truly determines who has won. If we follow Jesus through all the ups and downs of life, we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word for shepherd in Latin is pastor. And to close, I would like to remember an outstanding example of a pastor caring for the universal church. It was Pope John Paul II doing it for more than 26 years. I think it is appropriate to say a few words about St. John Paul II, especially since the 18th anniversary of his entering heaven was just a few weeks ago on April 2nd. Good shepherd that he was, he chose to travel all over the globe to reach out to his enormous flock. Aware that our youth are the future of our church, he started the World Youth Days. For so many young people and adults, I, I think that the face of John Paul was for them the face of Christ. His heart reached out to all, but in a particular way for young people. For me, among my fondest memories of St. John Paul the Great was his visit to Denver in August of 1993. Such a privileged moment of grace that was there for us here in Denver. My wife and I were among the lay distributors of Holy Communion, and during the Mass we were located directly behind the assembly of the priests at the Holy Father's closing Mass at Cherry Creek State Park. The theme of that World Youth Day 1993 was the last verse of today's Gospel. I came so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. This Pope proved to be not only a great church teacher with his many encyclical letters and his treatise on the theology of the body, but also a great Christian philosopher, seeing communism for the sham it is. I particularly like his theme that we are engaged in a battle of the culture of life versus the culture of death. Every year since, his words become more true and applicable. We need to imitate St. John Paul II in promoting the culture of life today. Let us pray to St. John Paul II for his guidance and protection for the universal church, as she will always have good, noble, and caring pastors, true shepherds for us. <laughs>